ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. I can't believe that the dispute that we're having is about... What magic topic yeah, to argue what about? magic the gathering <laughs> topic to talk about. So I want to talk about modern because there was a bunch of modern results... New modern decks, new new sheriffs in town, whatever. And Brian wants to talk about stupid new set. And like apparently something you could do with your Momir Vig Commander deck. No, not not this isn't even Momir Vig, right? Like you could True or false this is going in your Momir Vig Commander it deck. It probably is I'm sure some component of this will go in my Momir Let me Vig. Ask you deck. A different question. Is there a different spider spawning deck, or is that a is that a sub archetype of the Momir Vig? No, it's a separate deck. That's so my is this going that's my spiders? CDC deck. Is that going to the spider spawning deck? Unknown. I have to see all the cards so far. So so there's a, there's a so new... this is top eight magic. Apparently, it's a podcast about Magic: The Gathering. I mean, certainly, this week it certainly is this week. Yes. Like, okay. <laughs> I guess if that's what you want to talk about. It is the longest running magic, you can't see my air quotes, you podcast. Could, you could hear the air quotes. Like the arthritic <laughs> click of your fingers was like really, True, I mean, you know, it's like click, 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 click. How, how long has the podcast been running? Brian has arthritic air quotes. That's how long the podcast been 2005. Yeah. The first episode was the one where I came in second place at the New York State Championship, Ooh. losing to Julian Levin in the 74 card mirror match, Juicy Blue. I can proudly say, oh, it actually wasn't my proudly say, uh, Steve Saden tricked Julian into playing a second uh, Demir Aqueduct in his sideboard instead of like, we had like, I had a Demir Aqueduct in my sideboard, he made him play two. I, I don't know, it was like a trick, and I had like another relevant card, like another counter spell or something. And the reason was, he's like, he knew that the Juicy Blue deck was so good that um, he wanted to get an edge against the rest of us who were going to make top eight. He didn't end up playing. Yeah. Everyone who played it made top eight, though. Go figure. Yeah. Anyway, that was the first topic of magic. This is the... My fingers were not arthritic yet, I don't think. No idea. You were holding the recording device back then, because I remember you would, like, whisper into it, permanent. Yes, I did use golf voice. <laughs> the word of the day is permanent. It's because I didn't know what my effing Minamo did. Yeah, that's true. So I, I want to talk. I mean, we're, we're not gonna. So I have a hot take. By the way, we're probably not gonna do a set review for Throne of Eldraine. This is my hot take. I mean, are we gonna do like three sevenths of a set review? Yeah. Well, that part's not a hot take. <laughs> we would not do an entire set review. Oh wow! What a difficult hot take that was. But I, I think I, I just think you know everybody does them at this point. We we probably did them before anybody. I don't know. We had a podcast before anybody. Yeah, so but I think I think it's donuts. I think it's I think it's it's time to move on from them. But I, I do want to talk about some of the the mechanics of Throne of Eldraine. One of them is is the adventures, right? It's these cards. They're I, a little a little weird to look at, right? Like there's a lot of like utilization of the real estate. Of yeah. The, so that piece of card. They're not quite split cards. They're split. Parts of cards. They're split te text boxes. And so it's a creature, but it also has a spell on it. An instant or sorcery instant only or sorcery. so far, yeah. correct? And so when you play... You, I guess it has to be something that goes to the graveyard, right? Yeah. Except that it doesn't go to the graveyard. It goes to exile. 
right? So, for example, the card Falmire Knight costs B for a 1-1 Death Touch creature. Nice. Um, but it also has on it this little tiny card called Profane Insight, which is 2 and a B, instant. You draw a card and you lose one life. But it's an instant at least, right? It is an instant. To play this card, which is an uncommon, I think? It is. You would really need to be in the market for a 1-1 Death Touch for one because, man, is that an inefficient, horrible way to draw a card. Sure. But, but you might do it. I, I might do it. That's like three cards for one piece of cardboard. But, but I, So I just wanted to use this card as an example, though. Mm-hmm. So with a Portal of Insight in play... I don't know what that is. So Portal of Insight's a, a uh, artifact, blue artifact from... I think it's from... Is it from... I think it's from Corset... Yeah, it's from Corset. It's just printed. Costs three. And then it has one tap. Return target creature you control to its owner's hand. Okay. So the way these adventures work, you actually have like a limited buyback. You could basically, by putting a tax of one mana on the entire cost of doing both halves of one of these cards, you could do it every turn, for example. So for, for this, you could pay... Assuming you have a portal of insight in play Assuming already. Assuming you have a portal of insight in play already. So you go two and a black, draw a card, gain a life. Oh, lose a life. <laughs> no, no, no. Lose a life. If it was gain a life, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have a different take yeah. on this card. Which I'm I think using is this, playable anyway. I'm using this as an example. Though, yeah, yeah. So, you know, pay black and two, draw a card. Now, from exile, pay a black, put this card creature into play. So four. Four. Now one, bounce this back to my hand. And then you can sort of repeat that whole cycle. So if you have any ways to bounce these creatures, you can re-exile them and get them back again. Why don't we choose a really good adventuring card, like the... the Order of Midnight? Beauty and the Beast guy. That guy is awesome. Which one's Beauty and the Beast guy? He's like the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. It's probably the best card that's been spoiled so far. Lovestruck Beast? Yeah. So that's two and a green... Well, actually, you would start with the green. So, so just the, read him first and then see what, I, see what you think. Okay, two and a green, five, five. Yeah. Lovestruck Beast can't attack unless you control a 1-1 one, one creature. So he is still block. Can still block. Pretty big, too. Five, five for three, and that's not much of a draw. That's like a drawback. It's not much of a drawback. Right. So Heart's Desire is green, sorcery, create a 1-1 one, one human creature token. So it doesn't have to be Bell, right? So like you could have Bell, yeah, but it could be any one one. Like if you had like a March of the Multitudes, sure, he could have a harem to be. You know, <laughs> they're they're giving him all kinds of lifelink. That, that's a different. That's a different beast. That's not like a love struck beast. That's He's a, a. I'm a just saying, Randy beast. It doesn't have to be about ex members of R and D. Oh shit! <laughs> um, but you see, like this card. I don't know, like six power across two bodies for one piece of cardboard? That ain't bad. And it's, you know, base is five, five for three. Right. Ain't bad. But, for example, with a Portal of Sanctuary, you could just, you, you end up with um, four, five mana, make a one, one, and have a five, five in play. And have a back in your hand. Or, or, but I'm saying you can you can set it up so that you cycle it, so you make a one one and then have a five five and then do it again on your turn. Well, you never keep the five five in your situation. You, you have a you have no, no. a one one machine so I, that has attacks of four mana. 
hold on. So what I can do is I can make my 1-1 one, one to start, yeah. which is what I need to do, and then have my 5-5. Five, five. Yeah. And then say, oh, you've got attackers. Let me leave my 5-5 five, five back. Yeah. Then on my next turn, go bounce it, 1-1, one, 5-5, one, five, five, say go. And I always have a 5-5 five, five back. And then I'm, Are you attacking I, with the 5-5? Five, five? I can attack with the 5-5 five, five first. In, I mean, I think in practical terms, you just have like a four-man attacks on making a 1-1. One, one. It's a four, it's, it is a four-mana mobilization that has a 5-5 five, five that it gets to hide behind sometimes. Yeah. Five mana, actually, if you count the bouncing it. I think this is a powerful engine, but... It's just something I cool. Think... It's just something kind of cool to think about. There's other ways you can do this, right? Like, you don't have to be using something like Portal of Sanctuary. You can have anything like any stampeding wildebeest and a storm will do here, right? Like, anything that returns a creature each turn, anything that um, lets you, like... There's a new card in this set that let's says bounce a creature that controlled by two different players. So bounce something of mine, bounce something of yours. So you get this little bit of tempo advantage there. Um, it's interesting to me. Um, all right. I think that the adventure mechanic is pretty cool. Uh, what are you doing? I'm just making sure we're still working. This. Yeah, this is still working. Okay. Why don't you check the other recording? The other recording was working, and then I stopped it briefly, but now it's working. <laughs> You're both checking to see if it's working? Totally screwed it up. Yeah, this is like totally like the Schrodinger's cat thing, right? Yes. Like there could be a cat, it could be dead, it could be alive. If you leave it, the box closed long enough, there could be whole universes born inside there. Yeah. You're Schrodinger, you, you killed the cat. Yeah. That was you. Yeah. Nice job. Um, what what are the cards have stood out to you looking at uh, the set early on? Obviously, a couple of Planeswalkers have been previewed. Oko, Thief of Crowns. Any thoughts? How do you feel about him? He's clearly in your colors that you like. He is in my colors, so it's like uh, one green-blue for a four-loyalty Planeswalker. So that's, Pl like, not bad. Right. Plus two create a food token, uh, which... Had the inter I wonder how consciously they left the what a food token is off of this. Oh, they did it on purpose. Yeah, because they wanted because they knew they were going to preview. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I knew it was like some kind of treasure. Right, know, like right. Uh, and then plus one target artifact or creature loses all abilities and becomes a green elk with power and toughness so three. That's the plus ability, right? That's so a plus, plus one. one. Yeah. So if you just have anything in play already, right? So you're just like first turn elf. Second turn, Oko, you What if can... I'm just making, like, a 1-1 one, one every turn with my engine of Beauty and the Beast? No, that's and not. I turn that it's too one, slow one. for what I'm talking about. Oh. You know, you, I'm just saying that Oko can kind of defend himself with that 3-3. Three, three sure. Yeah, I can turn a token into a 3-3. Three, yeah. three, I can turn. Uh, and then it's minus 5, exchange control of target artifact or creature you control, and target creature and opponent controls with power three or less. So, like, your opponent could have something that you might actually want that costs three or less, and you could trade food for it, right? I think yeah. that's, like, the cool thing on this. But, I, I mean, this card is not very powerful. Like, it's, its ultimate is fast to get to. It's, like, thematically tricky. But, I mean, at the end of the day, for this card to be good, you kind of need to be in it for the food. But yeah. To be fair, if you've got, like... You know, a squad of some kind of walla omens, let's say. Probably some decks can't beat a deck that just makes food. <laughs> I'm going to make food. Making food. 
<laughs> food up. What if your food go? Where you're like, yeah. you're just like, I make a wall. 24 hour buffet over here. Food. Got unbeatable for some decks, I think, <laughs> right? Because he has like also high loyalty, right? So that's a thing. But let me like, if, that, like, if your opponent's got like that 7 6 dinosaur rotting Regisaur or something, maybe that's something you want to steal for a food. You know? Sure. Probably not. Like, just look, whatever cards in your hand are probably better than the rotting Regisaur. So maybe it's not what you want to do. But like, upside in this card, it's. Got a relatively high. It, it has effective loyalty of six. Turn it comes out. Uh, it it gets what's ultimate extraordinarily rapidly. Unfortunately, it doesn't do anything. Right? It's not like you know, Jace the Mind Sculptor. You know, it just kills you. Um, but it's. Uh, I, I think it's unbeatable for some decks. Like if you're like <laughs> Walls and Oko, just not get food every turn. Come on. The thing that's a little sad is that there's all these cards that are like... So for people who don't know, what does food actually so do? So food is an artifact token. And, well, it's also a subclassification of card now, right? Yeah. Uh, and it has the ability uh, to tap and sacrifice gain three life. So it's like treasure. Yeah. Right? Or a clue. So clues... So a card is worth three life. Uh, well, Drawing a card is the same as a treasure. Life. A treasure used to just sack it to gain a mana. Yeah, okay, that was cool. A clue was one to sacrifice I think so, and yeah. draw a card. Yeah, yeah. I think food's on the low end right now. Those are both <laughs> better abilities than this. Um, but it's you know just in the kind of the clue treasure uh, family. Um, but there are cool things. It, you know, it's like Captain Lannery Storm or whatever had some stuff you could do with treasure that was outside of what treasure did itself. Or, like, treasure mapped it. There are cards here that are, like, you know, tap some food, draw a card, you know, stuff right. like that. Or if you had something like Animating Fairy, you could turn all your food into 4-4 four, four creatures. Was that specifically around food? Or no, it's, it's around, around artifacts. artifacts. Yeah. But there are cards that are around food. So, yeah. like, um, there's a, a cute pair of cards, I think, called Golden Goose. Gilded Goose and Golden Egg. Yeah. And so, Gilded Goose is a, a fixed... Birds of Paradise replacement. Yes. It makes a food when it comes into play. And then there's a card, Golden Egg, which is a princely two Kastnikos artifacts food but you draw a card when it comes to the play. Ooh. Yeah, so. and I think it might have some other text. Yeah. And uh, so it's like don't cook my always cook the goose. Is that the new bolt the bird? No idea. Do you have to? Do you have to? I don't know. Um, Garrett Cursed Huntsman. This is obviously um, one of the I mean, this Central is, cards of the of the set. This is like the big card of the set, right? Right. They already made alternate art of it. Four, four green black, four, five loyalty planeswalker, legendary Garruk, zero create two, two, two green black wolves, and then uh, they have when this creature dies, put a loyalty counter on each Garruk. Um, so Saffron I, olive controls. So I think that there's like some extra value here. First of all. There is no shortage of awesome Garricks from past standards, right? Yeah. So if I say, hey, I'm playing Garrick 4, you don't even know which Garrick that yeah, is, right? Yeah, there's yeah. multiple good, there's multiple Garricks at 4 that have made top 8s of, yeah. of major events. Garrick 5, that's a Garrick. So there's Garricks at 4, 5, 6, and 7 that are all good now. They're all good, <laughs> right? And so, I mean, Garrick 7 is, I mean. The, the, the literal apex. He is the apex, he is the top of the food chain. Uh, the last time I I think I played a Garrick, I had Garrick Seven in my deck. Yeah, it was he was a good Garrick. So I mean, he was a, he was like above and beyond like 
Elspeth. So this is deceptive in the idea that it doesn't have a plus. There's no plus ability on this card. The wolves are the plus. The wolves are the plus. When a wolf dies, you get to put loyalty counter. So you put this into play, you make two wolves, your opponent's like, God damn it, I gotta attack Garrick. No, the wolves are just not gonna get blocked. I don't know, you swing with the wolves. Or what do you, I mean, but what do you do, not attack? Into the wolves? Like, don't you have to attack Garrick down because... Well, he's going to ultimate if you attack. That's the problem. Oh. Right, so, so you're in a you're in a quandary. Go to the next couple of abilities. Minus three. Destroy target creature. Draw a card. So his base loyalty is what? His base loyalty is five. That's sweet, right? You, could, you might get two activations out of that if you got a good wolf block, right. right? Yeah. And then his last ability? Minus six. So he just needed to go up yeah. once. Uh, you get an emblem with creatures you control have overrun. So, um, you know, so plus three, plus three in tramps, yes. right? Overrun. So here's the thing about this card. A <laughs> relatively intelligent person will remain nameless, but he might be the proto historian emeritus. <laughs> said to me, "This card's pretty Elspeth," and I was just like, <laughs> "It's pretty." I was Elspeth. just like, "Shit, I didn't think of that, but it is pretty Elspeth." Card. I mean, maybe it's handsome Elspeth. I, As opposed well, to pretty Elspeth? I don't, I don't know about chicks that go for these, like, lumberjack bearded guys. I don't get it. We have civilization now. Put on a shirt. <laughs> so it's very Elspeth, right? First ability makes tokens. It's actually probably better than Elspeth's token-making ability. I mean, uh, four power over two bodies, three power over three bodies. I don't know. And, and, it, and it also put, I mean, like we just said, it really puts your opponent to the test of, well, am I going to kill their wolves? Am I going to try to attack Garrick? Am I going to put creatures out for them to kill? I mean, you could also, they could also sit there and eat their wolves and just draw cards, right? They can destroy their own wolf basically at minus two loyalty. Yeah, they're right? not going to do that. Why That's not? Silly. Minus two draw a card. Like, if it was a minus two draw a card on your planeswalker, you might just do that. No, most of the planeswalkers who have that kind of ability are plus ability. Okay, but you might do that. There's going to be situations it's, okay, where it's, it happens. It's actually minus one, draw half a card, minus one, draw half a card, if that's what you're saying. <laughs> okay. That's really what it's... All right, I'm all using right. two activations to yeah. get this. No one's doing that, Brian. I, I guarantee you that people will eat their own wolves to find an answer to something. This is like that stupid time that you said that I would play Pilgrim's Eye. You can <laughs> shut your pie hole. What an idiot I was. Exactly. Shut your pie hole separately. Pie hole seems uh, actually pretty like a pretty appropriate phrase for this, <laughs> for this set. set. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this card is magnificent. Um, I I think it would have been better in mono green, but sure. Like it, it's like mono green's always getting the shaft. Seriously, right? Like black black always kills good creatures. Always has something nice to do. Just, just give this to mono green. Too late. There's a black pip. Uh, one of the things I think that is small about this is you can play this alongside Karn's Bastion, which is a, a land that's, uh, I believe, still in standard, right, with uh, the rotations? I, I think so. I, I haven't looked at the rotation yet. <laughs> I think it'll be in standard still, so it's pretty easy to get Garrick's loyalty going up, even without a plus ability, thanks to Karn's Bastion. You can get that with, like, Mrs. Triumph or whatever. Right. Oh, I, I, I am I am sure there's going to be ways to uh, to. I mean, also if you have any way to sacrifice a creature without having to use a minus on your Garrick, you could also. 
just sacrifice wolves. Yeah, sacrifice wolves and 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 tick things up. Are you looking at Savvy Hunter? I was looking at Savvy Hunter. Savvy Hunter is kind of like a gnarled mass. It's why I was looking at it. Yeah. Uh, one green black for a three three. A human warrior, and whenever Savvy Hunter attacks or blocks, create a food token. Uh, and then uh, it's an artifact with two tap. Sacrifice this artifact, you gain three life. Uh, and then this is something that lets you do something with food, like you mentioned. Uh, sacrifice two foods, uh, draw a card. So could I, will, will a shapeshifter count as a food? No. No? Food is a type, is a... So, okay. All right, just check it. Because shapeshifter just kind of an artifact. Tribal food. Beasts are food, right? Beasts are food. That's my argument. Yes. Beasts, so, delicious Someone beasts. is going to take that literally. I remember once <laughs> we were like, all right, you need to win this many team limited. It's a team constructed uh, matches to qualify for the Pro Tour. And then somebody won that many team, constru- uh, team constructed matches, and they missed by three points, and they were mad at us. Oh, They're going to no. take this beast line you're getting literally and... I don't know. You said it, not me. All right, all right. Terrible. What, what do you think of just talk, sticking with food for the time being? Yeah. What do you think of Taste of Death? Taste of Death. This is like the. This is an expensive one, right? This is like a hex, right? Like right, this so, is six, six mana. So it's I think, the same okay, as that. So actually, let's backtrack for a second. What what cards have we talked about? We talked about the Lovestruck Beast. We yep. talked about Garuk. Yep. We've talked about the Savvy Hunter, which is like mini Garuk. Right, like Garuk is like the curse hunter, the savvy hunter. Also, in green and black, is half as much mana for I don't know significantly less than half as much impact. And now, I guess we're talking about Taste of Death. So the Love Struck Beast, that's that's Bell and the Beast, that's Beauty and the Beast, right? right. Garuk is, uh, I guess he's from Magic the Gathering, <laughs> but he's also the Huntsman. Yeah. So savvy hunter is that like from Snow White? You would you say? Sure. You think? But this is clearly from Snow White, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there's, like, some apples. They have, like, somebody carved. The apples are carved into skulls. skulls. And so this one is each player sacrifices three creatures, and then you you get some food, huh? You you create three food tokens, which represents, like, potentially as much as nine life, given if you have the time to sacrifice them. So what I think is interesting about this set is that it's coming into standard at the same time that the city's blessing is leaving standard. Like, all these things that are making... It feels to me that making food is easier and more plentiful than making clues or making treasure might have been in the past. Or right. holding on to treasure, anyway. Um, so, I don't know. I think that card is pretty expensive. Uh, it's horrible if you have uh, any number of creatures other than like if you have like one creature it's bad if you have two creatures it's bad if you have three creatures it's pretty bad if you have any number of creatures that's not zero or greater than four that card is pretty bad for you Um, and it's very expensive like so you really have to be in the market for making additional permanents I won't even say making food like seriously nobody needs three food right like i'm just trying to think like uh yeah why would you need three food that's like a dumb thing uh, like oh i need nine life you need nine life because your sweeper costs six okay? like, <laughs> if you spell a regular amount of mana on your sweeper you probably wouldn't need nine life and six additional mana to to stay even in the game so give me another reason right so if you have another reason it's probably i don't know some sort of permanent accumulation that 
I'm not currently aware of because I haven't seen all the cards yet. Because otherwise, I'm thinking that card isn't very good, right? <laughs> like, it's... It, I mean, think about it. Compare that to a time wipe, right? Like, if I have one creature, man, is a time wipe good. Also, if they have, like, 40 creatures, the time wipe kills all 40 of their creatures, and I bounce my awesome creature back. This thing, I spent more mana than that, didn't kill 37 of their guys, and I lost my sweet guy. It's... It's unacceptable. Kind of. What are you looking for? Is Karn's Bastion in standard? This is dead air. What's going I, on? I'm sorry. I'm just trying to figure out. I, I actually haven't looked. I was looking through the spoiler. Yeah. And they have the new commanders from the Brawl decks. Okay. Uh, and I'm just trying to... I was like... I was literally typing in, is Chulane going to be standard legal? I'm curious. I'm curious if these cards... All these cards are standard legal, right? They don't do anything. Like, one of them is, like, add a color based on your standards, your, your commander's color identity. Right. If you ain't got no commander, it's just, you know, it's worse than a food. It's two mana right. nothing. Nil. Yeah. But I think they'll be legal. Yeah, they're legal, but you, you probably won't be able to get them in booster packs. All right. You'll only be able to get good, them in the Brawl decks or in Collector Edition Good, packs. I don't want that card. It's not good. Man. <laughs> this card is have you pl have you played any of the brawl? No. Some uh, somebody texted me yesterday. I won't say who, but he may be the proto historian emeritus, and he was just like, "Hey, have you played Arena?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "Oh, but there you can play with new cards and like win stuff." But I, yeah, I haven't had time recently. Yeah. So so basically, there's this brawl event where they have the the four new brawl decks. You get to play with them as phantom what, cards. What is a brawl deck? So brawl is like a standard legal commander format. Okay, so you get. Can you a, play it at I not at the moment. I mean, you might be able to, but what happens is um, they build a you build a deck around a legend. Your deck has to represent that card's color identity, same as Commander, but it's sixty cards as opposed to hundred cards, and you don't start at high as high a life total. You start at twenty five, I think. But they have pre-constructed brawl decks that they're releasing for Throne of Eldraine. Yeah. And those decks were available as phantom uh, cues on Arena, and you just get to play people with those four I decks. I just play as much as I want. You can play as much as you want. if you, you Over the course of six wins, however long that takes you, there's no barrier. So, so I'm not very good. It takes me 127 games fine. to win six times. Six times you'll win a bunch of gold. You'll win a bunch of... Uh, cards, a bunch of experience, but they give you a, like four for each of a bunch of um, Throne of Eldraine cards. They're on commons, but but I might want them. But anyway. you might want them, and you'll be able to play with them sooner than the actual release of Throne of Eldraine. Oh, because I'll have them. Because you'll have them. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, and it's super cool. That's it. I can win six times, and then I'm done with the brawls. Well, you can keep brawling as much as you want. Did I get, get I've, nothing past no. it, other than. I don't Whatever, know. like, your achievements are. I, I, my achievements are so neglected. Like, if somebody's like, oh, you need to, like, cast 25 black spells, I'm like, but I don't have a black deck I'd be willing to play. <laughs> I just, I've it, done the same thing. I hit the re-roll, and it tests me, oh, now you need 30 black cards. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it, it was a lot of fun. I've, I played a lot more than, I've won a lot more than six times. I've only played with Tulane, uh, Teller of Tales. The card feels like cheating. Uh, multiple people, including Luis Nutt and uh, Vargas. He's chilling at Monacy right now. Yeah, I know he's there right now. Uh, he's going to be here at our office on Monday. We're doing drop work and draft day. Yeah. 
which I told you about, and you yeah, passed on. Flying to California. But we're going to have like 16 people here in the office, and we're just... 16 people? Yeah. What about your office mates? What if they have to do work? I have reserved this entire section of the office and the next section of the office. And just for gaming. Just gaming. for gaming, yeah. And so we're going to just draft. We have all sorts of Masters boxes, Modern Horizons boxes... Uh, all sorts of stuff showed up, and we're just going to draft from, like, 10, 10 a.m. till whatever time people's wives make them come home. Like, PJ's going, right? Yeah. PJ's super excited. Wow. He is super excited. Shoot. I'll let you know where we're going for dinner after. You should come and join us. Wow, I'm feeling real neglectful right now. Yeah. So. Maybe I should talk about Magic the Gathering. That always makes me feel like I'm contributing to society. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, what, what, so what, what do you want to talk about? You didn't want to talk about Throne of Eldraine. Yeah, I want to talk about modern. Why, why are you so excited for modern? Modern PTQ tomorrow. I know. MCQ. No, I can't go. Yeah, what happened? You were all bragging you were going to go. I was going to go. I, uh, so I'm also traveling next yeah. week. Uh, I'm going to go hang out with Marshall for a couple days in Seattle and do some other stuff. You're just going to drink like... Starbucks, but like at the origin of Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what. Are you gonna go to the original Starbucks? I've been to the original. I'm not. I don't care. Like the whole point of Starbucks is to just be near whatever Starbucks is nearest. And they're all exactly. And they're all exactly the same. That is the point. So, so making a point of going to a specific Starbucks seems to dishonor the whole point of Starbucks in the first. place. You know who you can't hang out with in Seattle? Who? Taya. You're not allowed. Okay. You're not gonna say why. Why? She moved to France. Oh, okay. I was just going to take you at your word that I was not allowed. Oh to no, Taya's probably pretty fond of you. <laughs> I have hung out with her in Seattle before, and Same. she was awesome. Same many times. Um, so yeah, so I can't go. I can't, I just I have work I have to do and some other stuff I need to do over the weekend, so I can't. And I'm going to be playing Magic all day on Monday, and neglecting work as part of the drop part of drop work and draft day. Is V going to drop work? And v day? is also going to drop work and draft. Wow. Must must be nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that means, that means I can't go to the PTQ, uh, on Saturday. I think it might be called an MCQ. Uh, it may still be called an MCQ, but it becomes a PTQ. Yeah, it's confusing AF, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so you want to hear how Roman ruined my life? He, like, ruined my life. Sure. Calls me up yesterday. But you're still going to play in the PMTQ. Whatever it is, yeah. So... The Prime I'm, Minister. I'm, I'm pretty resolved to play my Black Red deck. I figured out some technology I liked. So I was just like, all right, am I just going to play my Black Red deck exact same Z's? I, I last played in a PTQ at Grand Prix New Jersey last January or something. I went X and 1. At the Grand Prix PTQs, you need to go XO. You can't lose at all to make top 8. I went X and 1. And the reason I went X and 1, I lost to Death Shadow. My only lifetime loss to Death Shadow ever ever with a burn deck it's uh i was mana screwed i floated a rift bolt my opponent screwed up because he didn't take my rift bolt he took my lightning bolt should have taken my rift bolt uh he plays like a first he plays like a second turn um death shadow so i'm thinking all right his death shadow is like very small right so uh i i my plan was to rift bolt him and then light up the stage which is why he should have taken rift bolt instead of lightning bolt it's a lightning bolt is a better card, but Rift Bolt's better if your hand is all spectacle cards, right? So I'm like, ah, no, nah, I've, I've never lost this matchup. I'm just going to kill his Death Shadow. So he bolts himself in response to keep his Death Shadow alive. So then I draw not land, and I'm like, 
fudge and I pass. I didn't realize because you just skewered the critics as stupid death shadow. And then like I lost an incredibly tight game, right? Like five turns later. And I just didn't know the cards were brand new. It was like the first yeah. tournament I'd ever played with. Yeah, we've them. talked about this on the podcast. Yeah, well, I was thinking about playing the exact same 75. I'm probably going to play some Fiery Islets. I would tell you say that. Or sure. Sunbaked Canyons. Maybe three. Probably only play two. Although people say they're good. I don't know. Um, I haven't tested. Uh, so I, I These are the, the so-called canopy lands. Canopy lands. But the thing I was thinking is just like... I had thoughts using my sideboard. This is important, actually. Do you prefer Canopy Lands or Horizons Lands? I'd say Canopy Lands. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I was like, well, I was going to play Thoughtseize. That's one of the advantages of playing black is you can have a legit disruption. The thing is, like, the red-white deck has really, really, really good matchups, and it just can't ever win the matchups that are bad. Like, you just always lose, right? So, if you're in a situation where you're going to get raced, they're going to race you, right? So... Uh, one of the things I like is Thoughtseize, and then I thought about it, I'm like, well, Thoughtseize damages me, and I feel like I'm playing this deck of finite re- resources, and I just want to convert my mana and cards directly into damage. If I draw too many, I'm just not going to kill them, right? Right. But I figure out this new card, and I figure out some new play patterns around the card, which is Lightning Skeletal. So the decks that you want to Thoughtseize often have cards like Assassin's Trophy or Path to Exile to just get you to your third land, and then I'm going to just brain them, and then there's all the... I guess, just can't fathom losing a game that I've successfully lightning skeleton someone right now. Like you have to discard two cards and I dealt six. I've never played with a card that lets you deal six. <laughs> like, four is about the ceiling of um, of what I've ever done damage with in a modern in a modern deck. You you've clearly ball lightning before. I don't think I've ever ball lightning in really? a magic tournament. Yeah. What about the that. green ball lightning? What about that one? I think you oh, played with my ants. No, no, no. What was yes, my ants? No, no, that I, was... I'm, like, I'm Michael J., which is Joseph Flores. Not Michael Jacob, okay? No, Michael the, Jacob shook the ground. No, there was also... Ground Shaker. Ground Shaker, that's Yes, Michael one. Jacob played that. You game. never played that? No, he played it. I okay. didn't play it. I, I may have... Ball, I don't think I've ever ball in the tournament. Wow. You know how I know? All my ball endings are white-bordered. Back then, I was, like, a big stickler for... If I was going to... If I cared, I'd, I'd make my cards a little fancier. So... I'm still that way, but, like, <laughs> uh, you know, Cyrillic Dragonlord Dramathus or something. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think I ever have... I, not that I didn't play red decks, right? I just right. played other cards. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I've ever done that. I, I Maybe, I mean, certainly in modern, I've never done more than four, right? Like Boros Charm or something. Uh, so, I and I have, like, about a 77% win percentage in, in modern tournaments. So I feel like if I can do six, like, <laughs> it's just... This is gonna be. That's like a two for one. More. I mean, like some of you have. Oh no, it's a four two. for one. Like Monster Swissbird does one. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, I, I just might completely like throw everything in the wood chipper. Is like make like an all new one drop burn deck tonight. So he calls me up and he and I, so I actually I called him up. He, he's playing a PTQ today in uh, the Grand Prix and he's playing Team Unified Modern tomorrow in, in the Grand Prix. And I said, "What's your plan against?" This is in Indianapolis. Wherever it is yeah. this weekend. Uh, what's your plan against Urza? I was like, I don't love my plan against Urza. All right, and I feel like I feel like Urza's going to be. I'm, I'm going to probably have to beat Urza in the top eight. Right, that's the thing I'm, I'm worried about. And and he's just like, I don't think they can beat Stony Silence. So I'm like, shit. What if I just Mardu'd and I played one white source and I played Sunbaked Canyons for my. 
for my canopy lens. I just, it's just my deck, but I had, I had Sony Silence inside where he said, you're definitely writing that I told you to do it in the article. <laughs> this sounds great. So I'm like, then I was just like, shit. I mean, I gotta say, Mardu Burn sounds yeah. like it has great SEO. Right? I don't just write for SEO. It just happens to be the case <laughs> that my shit ranks on the internet. Okay? I mean, when I say that I don't write for SEO, that's not true. <laughs> but I don't write, I don't write for machines first, I write for people first. Yes. Right? And you use the machines to get it to the people. Well, it's more like I'm super good at writing for the machines and the people at the same time. And that, like, I might not be the best at writing for the people, but I'm definitely the best at writing for the machines. So you're going to include the deck list for this in the show and, notes. So this is how we ruin and, our life. There's and, no new deck. And we're going to call it Mardu Burn for the machines. How about Mardu Burn plus Cyborg Guide? <laughs> so, anyway. It's plus Goblin Guide, dummy. So then I'm like, oh, man. If, if, uh... Sony Silence is good. You know what's even better? Suppression Field. Costs the same as Sony Silence. He's, like, he's a youngin', right? So he didn't even start playing until like 2000 and something. He doesn't know what a Suppression Field is. I'm like, it's just like that, but turns everything off, right? Really? It turns, it, it turns off fetch lands, right? It turns off, it turns off you, know, the, you know, the green-white deck combo, you know, like an infinite. Yeah. They, they, the they, Vizier combo. Yeah, they can pay two to untap their... They're devoted druid if they want. It's like, oh wow, that might be good. I'm like, so then I, I sketch out a whole new mana base <laughs> with no fetch lands. There's enough good red white lands. And then I'm just like, man, this isn't that bad. That's not a that's not a ringing endorsement. This this is like uh, those commercials right now. They're like, how's your burn deck? It's okay. okay. <laughs> Only okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I was just like. A lot of the things I don't want to, other people post their burn deck that I might retweet. Like, my man is just like, this is barely better than this thing that I don't Aww. like, you know? And so, then uh, I was like, eh, you know what really works though? Eldrazi. What if I made mono white Eldrazi and I played this mono white Eldrazi? That's a deck that doesn't even fall. Doesn't even have a susceptibility to fetch lands. Yeah. But I would, if I had bought Stoneforge Mystics, I, I'm this, you can't see my like, Fingers are like a millimeter away from each other. I, I might legitimately have just been. I certainly can't hear your fingers, which is good. No, yeah. I can, let's see. <laughs> no. no. Um, but I think, like, in the future, maybe I'll make a Stoneforge Mystic Suppression Field deck. Although, Suppression Field and Stoneforge Mystic are not. They're, they're not really friendly. friendly. It's not, they're not friendly. Also, it's not that bad. Also, equipment not super friendly not with Suppression Field. No. Just saying. I mean, but it's one of those things where, like, you can beat them one way or beat them the other way. Sure. Yeah. But, um, anyway, I'm probably just going to play my, my burn deck. Which, and when you say your burn deck, do you mean red-white burn, red-black burn? I'm going to play red-black burn. If I played red-white burn, I would have probably a really radical departure. So, so I have to ask you about that. Yeah. Because one of the things that you've got to be expecting in this field right now is um, a lot of life gain, right? Like, you, you, you get batter skulls. Yeah. I mean, if people are paying attention to Zvi, they're playing two batter yeah, skulls. Yeah, I, I, I retweeted that one pretty hard. <laughs> like, it makes me so happy. Don't, don't you want skull cracks? And that's why well, you get the skull cracks no matter what. No, no, you I don't want them. Play. But, but I'm saying, but don't you want Boros charms? Or? No, no Boros charms, no skull cracks. It's all garbage. So it's just garbage. All right, so here's the thing. 
it makes me really happy if people have this idea that they can play a second batter skull on their sideboard and that's going to matter at all, right? The so so it's important to note here that for you yeah. as you, their opponent, it yeah. doesn't matter. For them in other matchups, so the reason V advocates for a second batter skull is because a lot of times your opponent will get a batter skull out of your hand some way or I'm not deal with a batter skull. And so the second batter skull is really good. These are things that are really, really hard to beat, okay? Yeah. A second timely reinforcements is extraordinarily hard to beat. All right. You're a, putting this out there in the public. A third timely reinforcements is close to unbeatable. I think it's, I would put it very, like, that's like in the 97th percentile of unbeatability. Yeah. The first time reinforcements is hard enough, right? The second one's really hard. Not if, with that attitude, my friend. If people are shifting their life story... Wait, from, you can't fatal push? Yeah. You can't what? You can't, you can't fatal push? 12 <laughs> fatal pushes. Oh, boy. I'm just saying... I'm just saying there's some Boros charms sitting in your so, binder that are doing nothing. If I have, if I have my, uh, if I thought that I was playing against a lot of timely reinforcements, I would have different sideboard cards. Yeah. Right? I would probably play Bitter Blossom. Bitter Blossom is an outstanding answer to timely reinforcements. One thing that it does is it makes your own life total unattractively low. So, like, you, um, uh, Burn in Modern isn't really, like, a constant damage deck. It's a burst damage deck. Right, you can go from twenty to zero very rapidly. Depends on the draw. Uh, so you can pick, make a situation where it's just unattractive for them to cast timely reinforcements, and then once it's out there, like a, a bitter blossom will outlast the timely reinforcements. And it's also bringing your own life total down. So I would like that card. But if people are are going to say, "All right, I'm going to go batter skull instead of timely reinforcements," you don't want to. You don't want a bitter blossom into batter skull. That's that's like a lot of investment. <laughs> um, but the other thing that's real tough is if people play like a Bane Slayer Angel or a Lyra Dawnbringer, those things also cost five. And uh, they're really like next to impossible to kill, right? So four toughness is pretty hard to kill on a creature, right? It's not, not impossible, right? Like you can, you can team two things up and kill, kill four or five toughness, but it's, it's not easy, right? You don't want to get hit by that thing. Now, if you want to contrast that to a Batter Skull, a Batter Skull literally costs you two mana and they take three damage and you just go about your business, right? It's about the same as them casting a Stoneforge Mystic or a Goblin Engineer, right? Like, there's a bunch of fungible cards where the opponent can just do something and the text, on, you look at your hand and your hand literally says, I'm just going to tap two and they're just going to take three and I'm going to trigger my prowess and all my guys are going to go sideways. Like, so I'm... I'm not disagreeing with Zvi. Zvi's idea isn't bad. I think it's actually a very good idea. I just think that I would rather that people went with this idea than playing Timely Reinforcements or Lyra Bringer, which are disasters for me. Right? Sure. So another reason that I really like the black version instead of the white version is if you're playing against Leyline of Sanctity, it's very bad. Right? It's bad no matter what. Okay? Can't, there's no two bones about this. But at least if you're playing the black version, you can brain them with Lightning Skeletal. So that's like very good with and against the London Mulligan. People are apt to use the London Mulligan to get their Leyline of Sanctity because it has such a, such a powerful lever against a deck that's 50% targeting their face kind of yeah. cards. This helps you get a lot back, I think. And there's no comparable card in the red-white deck. 
Oh, interesting. Right. So uh, that that's really good. So uh, I mean, you do get wear and tear in that deck. Though. No, you don't. I once wanted to play wear and tear, and Patrick Sullivan said to me, "I would rather lose than register wear." <laughs> well, and tear. there you go. Right. So and so I just didn't register wear and tear. Because he said I would rather lose. I thought about it a lot. I mean, the, I, I have once registered one wear and tear, and I got to tell you, I got Aaron Muranaka's Chalice of the Void and his some sweet enchantment. Maybe it was a ley line. Suppression field. No, it was. I think it was a ley line. Yeah, yeah. I got them both. Right. I lost that game. <laughs> Just putting it out there. All right. I got literally the optimal no, wear. No and tear. arguing with that. It uh, happened. So it happened. I flew to I flew to Utah. Aaron put me up. We played in the first round because that's how it works. Well, that always happens. Yeah. So, um, other things. So the other thing I really like about the black. Well, first of all, the black deck is a fundamentally much better deck than the red white deck. If you just like line them up, I think that what happened was because Dredge got uh, real popular, like shortly after uh, the spec. At the same time that the spectacles were were printed in. That available for modern. You also got the you know the crippling is that the name of crippling chill creeping chill whichever one. Yeah, creeping chill. Creeping chill. That's a really really powerful uh, interaction in the dredge deck, and that deck just annihilates burn. Right, like they have like four lightning helix also, but they don't pay any mana for it. <laughs> and like so, like and their plan is so good. Their plan is literally just like I just do whatever my deck was supposed to do, which is just nothing. Like. I just, like, dredge every turn or, like, cast some... I'm going to say a looting. I, everybody knows lootings aren't legal, but there's some proxy for looting you can still cast, right? Sure. Uh, and I'm just dumping crap into my graveyard. Every so often, I'm getting back a body that I didn't pay any mana for. I'm just using, like, a Narcomoeba or, like, a prized amalgam to chump block. It doesn't even, it doesn't even matter if it wins, right? right? And then, like, I'm just going to chill you four times, which is, like, super depressing because they're going to get there and you can't get through... They're eventually going to flip their their conflagrate, and then they're they're just all they're doing every turn probably is dredging life from the loam and accumulating lands in their hand, and then they're just going to get you with a lethal conflagrate. And so, like, they never even have to attack, and they have all these guys that they can attack with. It's a kind of unbeatable strategy. So the the burn decks waned in popularity because of that, and so I think that the black version of burn, which is much better than the white version of burn, just never took off. And so now, with Hogak leaving, the burn deck that people remembered existed was the white version. I think that's why they're playing that. I think it just takes a couple of people playing the black version in some somewhat visible tournaments, and people will stop playing the white version and will play the black version. The black version has an insane advantage of the white version. It's kind of a joke. What, uh, what have you seen in modern... Oh, you know, as you look around and you're preparing for this event, like, what, what are you seeing people playing right now? What are the decks that stand out to you? I know you're worried about the Wurza matchup. Yeah, right? so the Urza deck is a really good deck. Um, it's called Wurza, my friend. I know a guy named Wurza, so it's... Do you it's really? Good. Is he very, like, is he your worst matchup when you play Modern? No, he's like, he runs a call center. Oh, interesting. Um, so, uh, that deck's very good. I think it's kind of confusing. Um, it's a difficult deck to play. So I was thinking about this a lot. I think like one thing that people underrate about the red-white deck and is actually even better in the black deck. So one of the reasons the black deck's so good is because it had Bump in the Night. Bump in the Night costs one, right? And the, the analogs in the white in the white deck are like Boros Charm and and uh, Lightning Helix. And there's no 
there's no denying that Boris Charm and Lightning Helix are more powerful cards. But, but then I but Bump and I cost literally half as much mana. If I just let's I'm just gonna just say some words, all right, and then you just have to mathematically agree with this, right? Say so I play like a goblin guide on the first turn, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this. Yeah. I'm not gonna edit it. But I'm going to edit this so you just say over and over again, I'm just going to say some words. Okay, you're not going to do and that. that's what's... And Carrie Dan is not as malicious as he's going to do. So you just get in with the Goblin Guide and that's right for two, okay? Yeah. On the second turn, you can like get in with the Goblin Guide again and you can float a Rift Bolt or, you know, do the spectacle on a, on a Skewer the Critics. What I'm trying to get at is if you hit exactly three land on the third turn and you spend exactly six spells, right? So one on the first turn, two on the second turn, three on the three on the third turn. Depending on your opponent's fetch land situation, they're pretty much just dead, right? So uh, if you get to seven spells, if your opponent didn't gain life, they're always dead, right? right. So it's one of the reasons that the, the burn deck is so redundant and compelling. Right. So it's six spells if they're at 18. Yeah. From their own hand, they're dead. But if, they're, if your opener was a goblin guy that does four, Right, so that means even one non-pain fetch kills them on the third turn. Right, right. So that is faster and more consistent than the Wurza deck if you're on the play. If the Wurza deck has a perfect draw, they will still lose if you're on the play. That's the thing that is compelling about the burn engine. Problem is their deck is massively more powerful than yours. If you get a little <laughs> flooded, you're, they have a lot of. They have a lot of cards that say, I'm going to gain an arbitrary amount of mana and or life and or power <laughs> and or toughness. You have uh, R deal three and B deal three. Right? <laughs> That's what you got. Attack for two. Yeah, you got attack for two, also attack for two, right? So you have, you have perhaps a different situation in your life than they have. So proceeding from here, I would say... Simply that if I'm on the play, I like my chances. It's tough if they're, if they're like if people want to beat the red deck, they can probably beat the red deck. If it's like heads up, what Wurza can do against the red deck? They don't even play cards like Dragon Claw, but you're already bringing in cards like Smash the Smithereens or or Shattering Spree against them. Like those are the cards that you would bring in. Um, that that is a dangerous deck. Um. I think that Jund is going to be one of the other big decks. The people don't really understand the Burn versus Jund ecosystem, I think. So the way that it works is Jund gets massively better in the sideboard of games. Burn tends to win for two reasons. One, it wins like 75% of the first game if you win. If you play correctly, if your deck is constructed remotely correctly. About a 75% win rate in game one. And they get a lot of points back. But you just have enough win rate that you'll get them in game three because you're on the play, right? Like, and they can also give up a lot of value by doing stupid stuff. Like, Renin Six is a really sexy card, right? Renin Six isn't very good against the burn deck, but it's not one of the cards that people will be very apt to take out. Renin Six is basically like two mana, don't do anything, concede the next six points of life. Like that's that's like, <laughs> like you have to look at it from the burn deck's perspective. The burn deck is the burn deck is a, a rabid animal. What, it's what not does, smart. What does Ren Six kill? I mean, it kills like, but you're not bringing in a Grim Lava Mancer. No. So it, it, in game one, it can kill a Grim Lava Mancer. Yeah. Which it, it just is a very low priority play for you, right? If they get your Grim Lava Mancer, fine. It's kind of shitty, whatever. If he got in for three, like you know, one activation, and, once and... Yeah, whatever. You're you're probably ahead because anything they're doing with the Ren Six is probably costing them like 
for life anyway, right? Their whole Renin 6 engine is predicated on losing life, right? So that's, it's, it's one of these cards where, when I wrote Who's the Beatdown, one of the examples I use is a real life example, is this guy has a crystalline sliver in play, and I'm just, plays three, I play three islands, right? And he taps out proudly for worship. And I'm like, look at his crystalline sliver, look at his worship, look at him, and he's like, I got ya. Like, he's just married to his plan, right? So I just killed him, right? Like, this, his quote-unquote plan doesn't do anything, right? People are like, they've got these Renin 6 that are like 100 what are they, $100 now? They're very They're expensive. Unbelievable. And don't get me wrong, Renin 6 is a spectacular magic card. I actually think I'm going to build a green-red burn deck and play Renin 6 in, in the sideboard. It seems really good to me. But it's not very good against burn, right? right? That's what I'm saying. It's just like... If you play this on the second point, turn... This is the point I was yeah, making it's, earlier. It's well. really bad. Like, you just concede your next however much damage. Like, if I'm on the play and you play Renin 6 on turn 2 in a sideboarding game, I'm just going to hit you with lightning. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. And, like, you're almost certainly unable to win the game at that point. Right? So, the... Or, like, people who... The people who play Dark Confidant think Dark Confidant is a great card. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, sure. There is a whole group of people who think the Dark Confidant is the greatest two-drop of all time. There are other people who think that Dark Confidant isn't even playable in modern anymore. In part because of Renin 6. Like, Renin 6 kills Dark Confidants, and it also takes Dark Confidant's spot. So maybe it's evolutionarily extincted Dark Confidant. I don't know. But the people who play Dark Confidant, my God, I've been playing Modern Burn for years, and they have had Dark Confidant in sideboarded games on the battlefield. Like, <laughs> and they're like, hey, man, this is part of my strategy. Either it works or it doesn't. And be like, how did game one go for you? <laughs> how is this a question for you? Right? So, so I think Jund is going to be one of the two or three most prevalent and probably high win rate decks. I think that it is excellent. And I think that it gains enormous value after sideboarding. Probably gains the most value for sideboarding against Burn of any deck in the format. Burn's very far ahead in game one, stays ahead largely because they're playing in game three. And that the Jun decks are Jun decks are very they're like pet ownership, right? Like you know how the person and the pet kind of mold into each other? People love their Jun deck choices. There, yeah. are, there are people who have four blood braid elves, there are people who have one blood braid elf. There are people who have no blood braid elves, right? Whoever you are and however many Blood Braid Elves you've chosen to play, that was important to you, right? People who play Jund think Tarmogoyf is a good modern card, right? Like, they're going to play a certain way. And almost every one of the ways that they choose to play... And that way involves thought-seizing and inquisitioning (laughs) you and then playing a Tarmogoyf on turn two. If that's what I play against every round, I'm just going to win the tournament. (laughs) Like, it's, it's great. The, you know what's dangerous? The maniacs who play that, like, G1 Game 3 Storm card. Can't beat that! <laughs> One of those maniacs? One of the Storm? Yeah, that card. That card's real good, right? Um, uh, I think, like, I think, like, Kalidus is really good. Tireless Tracker is pretty good. Scavenging Ooze is so much better than Tarmogoyf, right? Like, Tarmogoyf is just a guy. Right? If it's like the difference between your four power two drop and my hand, I'm choosing my hand. Okay? If it's the difference between scavenging ooze and my hand, that's a toughie. Uh, so, 
Uh, I think that's a really is a really fertile time for Byrne to be good against Jund. I think Byrne has a tough time against Wurza. Um, I think that the red white Byrne deck is probably going to be the single most popular deck. I love that matchup. I think the black red Byrne deck has an advantage even going second, and has a huge advantage going first. Um, let's see. Uh, Eldrazi Tron is an extraordinarily tough matchup. Uh, but that's not super popular. Uh, Why is that so tough? They have relatively few cards that trigger Eidolon, so you have, like, no way to kind of cheat advantage. They have relatively few cards that interact at all with Grim Lava Mancer or Searing Blaze. So you're kind of beating a deck, trying to beat a deck that's all 5-5s with a bunch of 2-2s that have downsides. Like, that's not a great plan. Like they, they can tramp like like they have so many like their guys are fantastic like Mattery Shaper excuse me and what's the forecasting cost one thought thought odds here yeah they're all insane like every card in their deck is like bigger than all the cards in your deck and generates a huge advantage and they're like out on turn two yeah they're like uh, man acceleration piece reality smasher <laughs> leave it back on D because F you. Right, you know, so like every single I I think I've ever only beaten that deck in a tournament once, and I tricked him. I literally tricked him. Right, so I got him to a spot where like I knew he was gonna tutor or something to set up and bring her with um, with Basilisk Collar, and I like needed him to like do the most. I'm gonna win by a thousand with my and bring her Basilisk Collar combo, and then like when he tapped his mana, I like had a shat like I had a. Smash the smithereens, and then like I just house the cards then. Um, but I, it, you, you, this is like one of those ones you had to, you had to like. You're like this might not happen again. I'm gonna commit all of this to memory. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's like one of those things where like, say you're the kind of guy who thinks that uh, siding flames of the blood hand is good against Wurza, and the reason you think that is because it has a condition that makes it so that people can't gain life, right? So you're like, all right. I'm the kind of guy who thinks that my three casting cost version of Skullcrack is going to catch to catch maybe to death and maybe not someone who's capable of generating infinite life with infinite other resources. That happens sometimes, right? But the opponent has to be pretty bad uh, to let that happen to them. Sure. Right? So, but it happens sometimes, or you wouldn't have this thought. That's when I got the Eldrazi Tron guy, right? Like... If he were playing at, like, 2% higher percentile, he would have beaten me. Right. Okay? Uh, regular Tron is real weird. Uh, I always laugh about this. I have a 100% win rate if the match doesn't matter. 0% win rate if the match matters. <laughs> so. Do you, do you think that's just, you know, haha, small sample size? And I mean, probably. Funny story. Or do you think that, or you know, Tron is a deck that, you know, when people play it with a higher degree of skill, you know... And the people who are carrying that deck to the point where those matches matter. I think that deck is, generally speaking, overrated. I talked to my friend Brian G, B.R. Yang. I don't know if you may have known by other names. Um, and he told me, like, good faith, if the Tron deck tries really, really hard and throws their entire sideboard at you, maybe you can get to 40% win rate. I think, like, the fact that... I mean, the last time I lost to Tron was just, like... It was ridiculous. Like, I mean, I was, like... I mulliganed to five and was still mana hosed in game one, crushed him in game two. In game three, I had a fork where I was just like, 
I, I, I looked him in the face and I'm like, this play is right if he has all his dust. This play is right if he has worm coil engine. I looked at him and I'm like, he has both. It doesn't matter. He had both. <laughs> right? So I, it didn't even matter. Right. Like, so I happened to be on the draw in game three. If I were on the play, I would have killed him on the third turn. But like, I'm on the draw. He got them. Like, not the, it's not even a miracle draw. Like, their, their draw is fairly redundant, you know? Right. And even more redundant now that you get to London Mulligan, right? Yeah, so I was just like... That, here's a question, just going back just to the burn topic for a second. Yeah. Um, how, how does the London Mulligan hurt or help for, for you? I don't think it matters very much. The, so, almost all the cards in the burn deck are the same. So it just, it, it just still, you're still just down a card, and it yeah. stinks. Yeah. Whereas something like Tron... Gets a ton out of the London Mulligan because it gets multiple opportunities to to craft a seven card hand that has to find a seven card hand that has all the Tron pieces it needs. Yeah, well, Jeff Cunningham once uh, gave me a paradigm of how to think about how to win a game of Magic, and he asked me how many cards need to win, right? Which is it's weird. Like oh, the Burn deck needs like ten cards to win. Right, like you need some lands to cast your spells, and like you said, right. well, it, I mean, just think about the scenario you described, right? You said, oh, a one, you know, a go- goblin guide on turn one, two cards on turn two, and then three cards on turn three. That's nine cards if you count the three lands yeah. you need, right? Well, that's all. The, that's all the cards you've drawn if you're on the play, right? Right. So it's literally a, that's a perfect empty, right? So, but it can get a third turn kill that way, right? So the the question for a Tron deck is quite different, right? A Tron deck can win with four cards, right? If you just mulligan into, for sake of argument, tower, uh, mine, power plant, whatever it is, Karn. Karn the Great Creator. Whatever, like some big thing. Whatever big thing you Or Karn Liberated, or Worm Coil Engine. Just Worm Coil Engine, right? Like, most people can't really beat a Worm Coil Engine in a fair fight, right? right? You're just casting it on the third turn. It's very powerful. Right. right, so you just mulligan to four and just cast it, and then, like, you might never cast another card, and that's enough to win the game. So, for a burn deck, I need to spend two cards to kill the Worm Coil Engine, and you've still got a 3-3 Lifelinker in play, and a bonus 3-3 Death Touch. That's an extraordinarily difficult situation to win through if, if, if you get to the point that the Worm Coil Engine matters, right? So, kind of your bet is they're, they don't have the Worm Coil Engine on turn three, right? You got them low enough. Like, you got to be able to... You'd be cagey yeah. enough to swing with everything, kill your own guy before combat damage, stuff like that. Right. So, uh, I think that deck is... I, if I played against it every round, I think I would be expected to win most of the rounds. Uh, it's, not, it's not a scary match. I think, like, Azorius decks can be very scary, literally based on how many timely reinforcements they play. If they don't play any timely reinforcements, I'm always going to win. It's just a joke. If they have, like, three timely reinforcements, I'm never going to win. It's just a joke. So, so far we've, we've established you don't want to play Dredge. Never. Cannot beat that deck. You don't want to play Azorius with timely reinforcements. That's correct. But um, like Stoneforge Mystic Azorius, super easy to beat. Don't want to play against Eldrazi Tron. It's winnable, but you gotta be, you gotta be crafty. It's, it's, you don't want, yeah. yeah. You don't want it. So, what do you want to play against? Humans, Affinity, uh... Those are super easy matchups. Death Shadow, Burn Mirror, Jund, any Golgari deck. Golgari, Jund, uh, Abzan, or a, a deck that has like black mana and Tarmogoyf is like 
How, how do you feel better, about, like a 65 you feel about the zero combo? It's super easy. Okay. All right. Um, go back for a second. Just looking at, I was looking at the. That's just a deck that has like two toughness creatures. Right. Yeah. Right. Like so, Fair. it doesn't matter how fancy or how infinite your deck is if it's based on having a two toughness creature that lives through a turn. Like. It's a joke, right? Like, your deck is all searing after sideboarding. It's like, your deck is like, all right, my, everything I draw is either a Grim Lavamancer, somebody is searing X, or, like, a Fatal Push, or, you know, the white version, like, it could be a Chain to the Rocks. Like, it just doesn't even matter. Like, every single card in your deck, you don't have to kill all their guys. Like, you can let them have their garbagey bird. Who, who cares, right? Like, right. But, like, you... You you know what matters. Yeah, just kill the guy that matters, and they're like, all right, I I have I don't know, walking ballista. Okay, you're gonna pay a fair amount of mana for walking ballista. We're playing modern, like that's not that's not gonna beat me, right? Like, and then you just face them. Like at some point, you just have like six cards in your hand, and you're sitting there crushing them with a grim lava mancer, and then you just throw them all in their face. Can't possibly I'm, withstand it. I'm I'm waiting for you to end up on uh, shadow burn. Death Shadow Burn. I made that deck a while ago. It's good in the mirror. <laughs> Left side, where are you bringing the shadow? Sweet. Uh, super unbeatable decks are Boggles. Yeah. Super unbeatable. Yep. And Merfolk. Super unbeatable. Really? Yeah. If it were Stompy, it might be a fair fight. Merfolk is Stompy with Spreading Seas. The Burn deck's goal in life is to stop on three mana. Every single pip in the burn deck is specific. So the fact that you can spreading seize it into something that can tap for mana but not a red mana is very bad. Also, I imagine Merfolk, uh, Master of Waves is it's just, still I mean, a pain. Sure. I mean, yeah. So when, when, I was, when I was looking for modern decks to play, yeah. the deck that got suggested to me that was possibly the most exciting, probably not realistic, yeah. involved Master of Waves and Risen Reef. Can you imagine doing that? No. It's, I mean, it's silly. Sure, it's silly, but... Like, you don't need to win by a thousand. The problem is, like, winning by a thousand is only fun if you're winning. Like, if you win... I guess it's the Johnny dilemma, right? Sure. So, like, Johnny's like, all right, I... Don't care how often I win, I'm winning the way that I want to win. Okay. If you're, I mean, but going into a PTQ, it costs $80 to play in, right? <laughs> like, I'm not going for the Johnniest play that I can make, right? I want to play for, like, consistency. Uh, have you seen any play. Risen Reef decks that are, that are no. doing, like, there was a lot of, there was a lot of Risen Reef love in for the modern? modern? Yeah. In, in, the, in the discussion about Three what to play. cost one one does not seem particularly yeah. attractive to me in a format that is... Eidolon of the Great Rebel. Sure. Eidolon of the Great Rebel is so good. It's just overwhelmingly good. Uh, let's see what's good. I mean, Storm's an easy matchup to be, but Ad Nauseam is a difficult matchup. Right. So, like, Ad Nauseam, I would say, is close to unlosable for them. I've seen Burn beat it, but they have to be, like, this guy was so woefully, he only drew gemstone mines for his lands to begin <laughs> with. He just got annihilated on mana. The Burn guy beat him through two Phyrexian on lights or something. It was, it was insane. Because he just had no land. Sure. Right? So um, I, that's the only time I've ever seen it. And I, I was so happy because the burn guy beat him to go into the finals. And I went to the finals against the burn guy. And it's burn mirrors. I never lose those. So 
Like, you, he's like, ah, I did that the advantage. I'm like, eh, I'm sure you think you do. <laughs> and I defeated him for the slot. Um, the uh, What's the secret to winning a burn mirror? Um, People always ask me how I played the game that I just played. Uh, kill the stuff that they have unless it's better to kill them. So what you're saying is you leverage your experience advantage All right, with so the burn deck? Like, people... Small sample size and you got a little lucky. Not that. <laughs> okay. I've lost one. All right, Lifetime. all right. Uh, so... Uh, and it was and his last card was Lightning Helix, so I he he had a really good play. I played it. I I thought I was going to lock the game. He had one card. I thought I was going to lock the game out with an idol on. He Helix to my face, and I was just like, oh shit, he's ahead. And I'm like, what, what can I get? Like, it's the only thing that could have happened. Helix is me in response. It's a six point life swing. Now he's like four ahead, and I have an idol on play. I had no idea what to do. He ended up winning, right? But I had a bunch of cards that I can't now cast. Right, right. Right? So I'm like, and I'm like, uh, it was, that was, I learned a lesson. I thought I was locking him down. Right? Yeah. He yeah. locked me down. Right? Yeah. So um, people, it's, it's, it's just like Jund. I think people get like a, super attracted to the cards they think are good in the mirror. And a lot of times those cards aren't. Like Deflecting Palm is a great example. Um, I think that card is spectacular when it hits, and it doesn't always hit. Uh, and the other cards are the Searing Guards, which it's generally right to bring in. Um, but I've won a ton where it was obvious my opponent had a handful of Searing, and like I'm like a, basically dead. And then they just have a handful of Searing that they can't cast, right? So then I was just like... And you don't have to willingly give them a target. I don't have to give them a target, yeah. right? So then I just like played to my outs, right? You know, like, all right, if you draw non-searing, I'm going to... And then they're like, all right, throw my guide on, I searing it. And all of a sudden, I'm going to win the race, right? Because he, he, he bit first. Right. Right? So I think it's a lot like... I guess if I explained how to play Death Shadow, it's real easy for people to understand. Early on, the Death Shadow players were really good against the Burn players because the Burn players didn't know how to approach it. Right. But it turns out Death Shadow is terrible. The reason it's terrible is because a card has no text unless you have low life. So there's two things that can happen. Either I can make your life low, and then you kill me with Death Shadow, or you can make your life low, and I have seven cards in my hand, and you now have, like, four life. Which one do you think is going to make me win, right? So if the burn players just know this, and they're not mana screwed, they can't really, they can't lose to Death Shadow, right? What's crazy to me, whenever they lose, they just didn't know the rule. (laughs) Now, the burn mirror is different. Um, Going second isn't that bad. Um, the most important thing, the re- reasons that I really like the black version versus the white version, is whoever casts the most spells will probably win, right? So you want to minimize your average casting cost. You also want to focus on cards that impact the battlefield. So I play against people all the time who have Skullcrack in their deck still. It's really bad. And I, I used to have a deck building advantage. I have less of a deck building advantage now. So for years I played Red White Burn, right? People played Naya Burn. Naya Burn, there's no reason to ever play. Right. And like, but they were stubborn and they wanted to play green cards or something. It was wrong. And well, it's mostly a love for Wild Nicotle, right? I'm talking past the Wild Nicotle phase, like when they were still just playing Destructive Revelry. Oh, sure. It's just nonsense. So you have about a, I don't know, sometimes you know, like a Tarkus command or yeah, something they, like that. So they, they, they're decks that have like multiple Tarkus commands, like four Tarkus commands and two Skullcracks main deck or something. Like, I mean, wasn't this your deck? 
at some point. It was my deck before Inspiring Vantage got printed. Yeah, yeah. But once yeah. Inspiring Vantage got printed, yeah. like, a Tarkus Command became unplayable, right? So decks had, like, a Tarkus Command and, and Destructive probably gave us the opportunity for a deck-building advantage. So, like, a 65-35 win rate advantage in Game 1 because they have one stomping ground in their deck. And people are like, I don't understand. I'm like, yes, I understand you don't understand. If you draw the Atarkas command, you have to fetch for the stomping ground. If you fetch for the stomping ground, congratulations, you turned on literally the worst card in your deck. A two mana for three damage conversion is awful in this matchup, and you gave me five life. Almost never win the game if you actually actively make that play, right? So that so there's less of a deck building advantage now because people aren't playing Naya anymore. But the black deck has still has advantage of the white deck because the white deck is very apt to over value hands that have core firewalker but collective brutality trumps the hell out of core firewalker and it's the the thing that is very subtle in this mirror is that their goblin guide funds your collective brutality so their goblin guide turns your collective brutality on so for like the cost of like one goblin guide hit or something i can get like an eight life swing that's it's it's profound and because the matchup often comes down to who casts the most spells. Like a single collective brutality is like casting three spells. And if one of those spells is killing Core Firewalker with value, like it's even greater, right? So look, once you've done that, it's just, they're just, they're, they're just sure. dead. Like they, they, they're, because they're, their deck doesn't draw extra cards, right? So you're in this situation where like everybody's just gonna draw whatever cards are off the top of their deck. If like your big play was killing their Core Firewalker and then like gaining you know, two virtual cards of value on it, like, you're just, like, eight life ahead, and they're just not going to win. Like, I mean, if all other things held equal, obviously if they just draw better than you at that sure. point, you can lose, but probably not. Uh, it's, like, 644. You're not going to make FNM. I'm not going FNM. Okay. I'm going to go home and do some work. All right. So, um, what do you think about this card, Slaying Fire? Uh, it will be playable in standard. People will try to play it in modern. It will not be good in modern. Okay. That's basically summarizes the answers yeah. I was looking for there. Thank you. I don't think it'll be great in standard. I think it'll be yeah. playable though. All right, we've talked about a lot of magic. Yeah. Um, what have you uh, What have you been watching? If I, should I tell you the truth? Yeah. Lucifer reruns. Oh my god! Netflix. Why? All right, all right. So, so I watched three episodes of Lucifer, and you didn't fall in love when it came on, and I thought it was terrible. It's. Uh, I thought it was a just. It was just like a. It was just castle. It's just a procedural with, with like the devil. with the devil. It's not very good. It was like so like is it people seem to love it. I like it. Alright. I mean it's more Californication. I know I've never seen Castle, but it's very Californication. I like Californication. Um if there's the devil, you know, it's uh I think it's it's not the best show. It just seems utterly inconsequential to me. I just want to. I, I, I mean, just, I, I mean, I watch a lot of stuff that is inconsequential. I was watching. I just wanted to get it. So uh, I have two things that I'm watching with my family. The four of us, which is myself, Catherine, Bella, and Clark, are together watching Breaking Bad from the beginning. Okay. So we're on the first season of that. And then. Um, so basically, you're just suffering through that, so you can get to Better Call Saul as a family. I wouldn't put it that way, but I know how you feel about Better Call Saul. So much better. But Breaking Bad is still great. I, it gets great. It's, I, it's I don't great think it starts season. great. It's great. I don't think it starts great. I, I'm, as someone who's currently revisiting yeah. season one, I'm telling you, I think it's great. I'm I think season, season one is, was really tedious. I, I think it's great. 
Uh, this sounds like you know tastes great west filling yeah, yeah yeah i think it's great um are you are you aware of el camino i don't know what that is you don't know what el camino is that the is? breaking bad movie yeah that's coming to netflix oh it's coming to netflix yeah when uh sometime pretty soon shoot yeah and it but takes it's just place, jesse right it takes place right after the final episode of breaking bad oh man el camino can't wait <laughs> Okay, and then the three of us, which is myself, Bella, and Catherine, not Clark, are watching um, Orange is the New Black from the beginning. Okay. So uh, I, I stopped watching Orange is the New Black, I think, in like the second season. Sure. It turns out it's, it's sustained pretty good. How, how, where are you? So I, I find, I, I, I loved it early initially. I found that there was like kind of like a... I don't a, know. A bottoming out at some We're point. We're in the first season. Okay. So. There's, there was like a couple seasons which were a little saggy in the middle. Yeah. Um, but I just recently watched the last season, and it ends. Um, Catherine thinks it's really great. It's, it's it was. Strong. It was just. It was just a great. I, I think it might be one of the best series. I don't think it's one of the best series of all time. But one of the. But I think finales. it might be one of the best series finales of all time, and one of the best final seasons of all time. Would we have the best series finale of all time, Breaking Bad? Uh, I have. Um, uh, the Americans probably is my best series finale I of all time. You should. You, that's a great show, I think, also to watch family-wise. Yeah, so I, was, I think that my, my kids, based on their age, not because they're immature based on their age, because they are young, right? yeah. 12 and 15, but I think based on their age, like, you know, chronologically, are not going to understand the sure. significance of sure. the 80s stuff, sure. right? So um, those are, that's what I'm watching with my fam. Uh, and then just, like, peppering in, like, American Ninja Warrior or wrestling. Those are the things that I'm mostly watching. Do you watch Glow? I have not watched the third season yet. I started watching the third season, and then I just decided to watch Lucifer. I, I love the third season. Of it's great. Yeah, it was great. Blew through it already. Yeah, we did. We we went through it pretty quickly. Uh, Glow was great. Mindhunter season two. Uh, did you watch Mindhunter? I haven't seen any Mindhunters. Mindhunters. Uh, do you like David Fincher procedural stuff? A second ago, you were telling me how you didn't like procedurals. I don't like crappy procedurals. David Fincher does, like, super high-end procedurals. I have not watched the Deadwood movie yet. I haven't watched the Deadwood movie either yet. All right, so we're both That was here. weird somehow. Titan season two is coming out immediately. Titan season two. Are you still paying for that? No. No, no. I, I, I shut it down to buy a month of epics. What's epics? <laughs> so, so Epix is some cable channel that has like a ton of shows on it, but it is just not carried by any cable provider I've ever heard of. And so I bought Epix now. Wait, is this the one that has the, the Gotham spin-off? It has Pennyworth. <laughs> which is fantastic. <laughs> it is a it is essentially a prequel to Gotham. Yeah. It takes place in 1960s England. Yeah. Where a young Alfred Pennyworth meets a young Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And they have uh, uh, espionage. Thomas Wayne is a physician and heir. And CIA operative. Oh, well, I don't know if I like this reimagining. Oh, wait until, wait until Alfred and Martha Wayne start kissing. Shut the front. <laughs> Shut up. Brian David Marshall. Yes. If Thomas Wayne is so capable at violence, how does he randomly get gunned down after watching Zorro? I, listen, this does this does raise some questions. He's a man of healing. There, there's also a Wayne ant in the show. 
There's Thomas Wayne's sister is on the show. Is I'm assuming she's a Wayne. She's a Wayne. She's a, a Wayne. Kane. Yeah, not a Kane. Martha Kane is on the show. Wait, there's a there's Kanes though. Martha Kane, yeah. Is Martha Kane Martha Wayne? Martha Kane become well, uh, obviously become Martha Wayne. But they don't have any other Kanes. That's the only Kane so far. You know what's stupid about DC? What? They have like 14 different TV continuities. I know. But this is not the same universe as Titans, right? Nope. Nope. And not the same universe. And neither of them are the same as the Arrowverse. And none of them are the same continuity as Black Lightning. No, no. Arrowverse and Black Lightning are the same, aren't they? No, sir. They are separate universes. Is Black Lightning same or separate from Supergirl? Also, so Supergirl is in an adjacent universe that sometimes crosses over. Yeah, they're buddies. But Black Lightning is in a totally separate one that has not crossed over as of yet. It might cross over during Crisis on Infinite Earth, so. Batwoman is in the main Arrowverse, though? Yes, I believe so, yes. See, like, do you see how this is kind of dumb? Like, they're investing in Titans, they're investing in Doom Patrol, they... They stopped investing in Swamp Thing, they apparently. Stopped, so apparently Swamp Thing was great. I know. I haven't watched so, it. I, I didn't watch it because I was just like, kind of like, I didn't want to make the investment. The, every single thing I read was, oh my God, what a beautiful episode of television. They already canceled the show. Like, <laughs> it was like one sentence, right? So I, I'm going to get, I, I keep putting off getting DC Universe because um, Catherine's getting me Showtime next because like when she's done, she was going to be done watching CBS All Access and then we we're going to switch to Showtime and I was just going to watch Billions for a month. And then, oh, I, I, I need to get Showtime also yeah, at some so, point then to she, watch the last season of Billions. Then she forgot to turn off CBS All Access. <laughs> like, I guess I like ran out two days ago. She forgot to turn it off. She's like, uh, we're like debating about whether, I mean, we have it now. Or we, I'm, like, I, I'm not in any rush to watch it. But then like, I, I have no desire to also then take on, is it, I can't, I don't have enough time to watch all this TV. Like, I have never canceled my WWE network. Like, I watch, I, yeah. I just keep it, even though I don't watch it that habitually. I'm like, I don't think she knows. Like, <laughs> so, like, it's like 10 bucks a month. I, I pay it out of my own debit card. Oh, okay. You know? I was going to say, until that, I was going to say she probably knows. No, 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 no. no. I, I pay it out of my own debit Okay. Card. She doesn't right. know about that. She wouldn't approve of that. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So, so yeah, I got to just not enough time to watch this many different TV channels. Like, I want to watch Young Justice, but, like, I, I have really I'm liked... i fucking Lucifer right now. So, so what I do now, yeah. by the way, is so I subscribe for a month to a, to a channel, then I immediately go into my subscriptions. I do it through, the, through my iPad. Yeah. Immediately go into subscriptions and cancel it. Oh, okay. So you can't forget. Yeah. Because you still... It's still good for the month. You've paid. They're like, we have your money. We're not giving it we, back to you. We do it through Amazon. Does it work the same way? Probably works the same yeah. way. So, yeah. So we're, we're, so you cancel. You, you sign up. You go immediately to your settings and you cancel that subscription. Do you always have HBO? Yes. So we always have HBO, Hulu, Netflix, and Prime. We have all of those. I don't have. I don't have Hulu. Uh, I have. But I have Netflix, Prime, and some sort of. But you have basic cable. Direct you and basic. So, but I don't have basic cable. Yeah. So like who like combination of Hulu, Netflix. Oh sure, th- sure. That's my yeah, proxy yeah, 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 for yeah. basic cable, right? So I don't have that. So I can watch some TV from Hulu. That's so, the. So what do you do for your internet? You just buy an internet package. Yeah. See, so my building is internet. Oh okay. See, you can buy building, it from the building. Yeah, in our in our building that doesn't work that way, and to like buy internet and phone, it's cheaper. Is more expensive than, than buying, buying the, package. the package. Yeah. So, 
So we just keep basic cable. So yeah, so we don't we cut the cord thing. So we but we have like those four we always been I have the network. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. And Bella has this thing called Crunchyroll. That's her thing. Sure. It's like the anime, anime stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but she watches it constantly. So I'm not. Maybe she does. Maybe she's wasting my ten dollars. I I don't think she is. Yeah. We should ask her. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty certain that it's just. She's incinerating my ten dollars. No, she's just watching it all the time. She's a teenage girl. They watch yes. anime. Yes, I, as do teenage boys. It just doesn't matter. Not what I've heard, but sure. Okay. If you say so. Um, yeah, so I'm watching mostly Lucifer. <laughs> like, I've watched all 75% of the way through the third season. I've watched now. a lot of stuff. So I watched Star Trek Discovery season two. Is that good? I love it. Should I just watch? Is, is Twilight Zone good? I haven't watched it. I mean, I have CBS All Access for another month. Yeah. Maybe I just watch yeah. these things. Yeah, I watched, I watched The Good Fight the last season. Good so fight. good. So good. Uh, so good. I mean, keep in mind, this is not all in the last week. Mostly in the last week. Um, I've, seen, I've seen this over, you know, whatever, month, month and a half. I watched The Good Fight in one week for sure. Yeah, we, we, we blew through The Good Fight. It's weird. So you watch everything with Carla? No. I, so Carla didn't care for Star Even though Carla was a big Star Trek fan, she didn't care for Star Trek Discovery when we started watching it. So she authorized me to watch it on my own. And I did. Yeah, me and Catherine watched like maybe one or two shows together like yeah. at a time. But we'll watch the same shows, but we won't watch them together. Yeah, right? we, so, like, we'll do that with some shows as well. Like, there's, there's, there's shows that can designate it as travel shows. Yeah. Like, oh, if you travel, you will go watch it. No. Oh, listen to this, right? So I'm, like, I think, I think Catherine was like, oh, I'm going to bed, right? So she's going to bed. I'm, like, in the main room trying to watch Lucifer, right? Kids are supposed to be in bed, right? And I just hear from my bedroom, I hear, you were supposed to be reading a book. Not watching Liv and Maddie. So I'm thinking, does she put like some sort of guardian on like the kid phone or whatever to, uh, to see what they're doing? It turns out she was like logging into Netflix or something, but I was watching Lucifer, but Clark was watching Liv and Maddie instead of doing his homework. <laughs> and since there's too many Netflix connections at once, she caught him. I don't even know what Liv and Maddie is. It's a Disney show. Yeah. I think we're going to have to get the Disney Channel, right? Because it has like... Disney Plus? And all that stuff, right? Yeah. I think it'll come with a discounted Hulu, apparently. Okay. okay. I think we should get it. It has like all these Marvel things, right? Yeah. All right. Are, do you, have you heard about what... And we'll go right after... Do you know what WandaVision is? It's basically the Scarlet Witch and the Vision yeah. done in the style of a bewitched sitcom. But is it with... The Scarlet Witch, yes! It's with Elizabeth Olsen. And, and Paul Bettany. Isn't he dead? So what? They'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and it is going to be done in the style of a Bewitched or I Dream of Genie or other kind of like... Is it gonna, si- it's not going to ruin them for the movies, right? I don't know. I have no idea. It's, it's, it's a little ways off still. So he might get, you know, maybe, you know, maybe something Loki does on the Loki show... Yeah. There's well, a Loki show? Oh, yeah. With Hiddleston? Oh, yeah. Are these all going to be on TV at the same time? No, I don't think it's so. It's going to be like Netflix where they stagger them. Yeah, right? yeah. Because they need people to keep subscribing. Yes, right? yes. But then they'll just keep making Star Wars shows. and Shit, Star Wars shows. Yeah, we haven't gotten into that. I never even watched uh, whatever came after Clone Wars. Clone Wars was so good towards the end. It was fantastic. I never watched Clone Wars. Like, season 5 was fantastic. Um, the, but then I didn't watch the next one. The, the damage done to me by the prequels has really kept me off of 
watching that much Star Trek stuff. Star Wars. Star Wars stuff, yeah. I think the prequels get kind of a bad rap. I'm not saying they're good, okay? I'm not saying they're good for a second. Prequels did some things extraordinarily well. And I think that they built... I think they built some stuff to the lore really well. Now, midichlorians, they obviously jettisoned themselves and never mentioned it again. After the first time Anakin Skywalker was Jesus, right? But, like, the lightsaber fights in the prequels are... They're cinematic, cinematic masterpieces, sure. right? And they change the way that we perceive sword fights I, in movies. I believe you. I just, I never saw the second two movies after the first one. Oh, well. Because I hated it so much. Well, the first one is not a good movie in a lot of ways. I think that it does two things extraordinarily well. One, it does a very good show-not-tell about how unstoppable the Jedi are at the beginning of the, you know, prior to the Clone War which really sets the stage for people who are interested in like the Star Wars lore. I, I thought they did that so subtly and I really appreciated it. And then the lightsaber fight at the end is excellent. Uh, the next two movies, neither of them is good. Yeah. But they're not as bad as the first one. Sure. Um, I mean, I think, the, mo- I think uh, the Last Jedi is worse than any of the prequel movies. Yeah. It's not even a Star Wars movie. I still, I still haven't seen it. It's horrible. It's like the Ryan Johnson movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, The Force Awakens is very good. Uh, by the way, the new Ryan Johnson movie, I'm super excited Which for. Which one's that? I believe it's called Knives Out. Mm. And it's like basically a English drawing room murder mystery. Oh, yeah. It has like all... It has uh, an insane cast. cast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very excited for it. Hey, So his non-Star Wars film, I, I just haven't seen... Oh, do you know what I am paying for? His his non Star Wars movies are my some I, of my I favorite have, movies. I have the Regal Crown Club thing. That's twenty three bucks a month. What is that? So I went to see. That gets you like booze. No, it gets you unlimited movie tickets. Oh, but okay. if you use if you get them from the app, it costs you fifty cents. Uh, fifty cents convenience, convenience fee? fee. That's how they. I mean, it's a joke. That's how they get you. But I already paid them twenty three dollars for the month, right? So they are getting you on that, right? Yeah. So I went to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Catherine. I sat down, I'm like, I just paid $37 for these two tickets, yeah. right? Like, it's kind of a, the movies are expensive now, right? Yeah. It's like, it's basically movie pass, right? It's 23 bucks a month, which is more expensive than movie pass, but they're not going to go out of business. Right. So, and then, you know, I'm like, if I go to two movies a month, this is a savings. So I went to two movies that month. Yeah. One of them I actually paid for it most. Yeah. <laughs> but I think maybe I'll make it back this month. I don't know yeah. when. Cause I, I, don't know I, I, I hated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Really? I hated it. I, I liked it. Yeah. It's the first movie I ever saw that made me want to have a dog. It is, uh, I thought, a uh, lousy story beautifully told. The last 20 minutes is great. I, I'm not going to get into it. Fuck the last 20 minutes of that movie. I want a dog now. Okay. Fuck the last 20 minutes of the movie and fuck all the minutes that precede that of that movie. I, I'm, I, am, I am just... You're not done with I'm Tarantino. done. I'm never going to see another one of his movies. He only has one more coming. I'm never going to see it. Bullshit. I'm not going to see it. I'm done. I'm just so tired of him. I, I'm you just told me you thought he was like the strongest living American director. I there. He made one of my favorite films of all time. Two of my favorite films of all time. Reservoir Dogs and Jackie Brown. I'm just. And then he's made a bunch of mediocre movies. And Glorious Bastards is not a mediocre. Movie. It's, it's Kill Bill is one of the best movies. Kill Bill Two is one. Is is terrific. Kill Bill 1 is... Also terrific. Uh, uh, carnography. I don't know. I think they're both terrific. I mean, Kill Bill 2 is better, but Kill Bill yeah. 1 is all... I and mean, it's one film that you can't read. Yeah, I can. 
You're, I, you are, in my opinion, I think that you're being too harsh to a masterful artist. He doesn't have to do every, everything he does and you don't have to love. You know? I, I just, I actively disliked so many things about this movie. Um, that it's, it, it, they're, they're too numerous. I mean, just all the Bruce Lee shit was, was nonsense. It was hilarious. It wasn't hilarious. I liked it. And what, did you, did you read the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I did. He's like. It's you, disrespectful. It is, it's completely disrespectful. And, I mean, he even had the opportunity to say, no, obviously I wasn't being disrespectful. Obviously this was something that happened in Cliff's mind. And he's like, no. So, F him. It's in an alternate universe. It's. Right. An alternate universe where, like, a mediocre white guy can beat the crap out of the Bruce greatest Lee. conditioned athlete who yeah. ever lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. no, so, no, no. I, I mean, Bruce Lee. I don't his, want to talk about this anymore. Bruce but, Lee could do like a hundred one-arm push-ups on two fingers. And again, the point being, I think the most important point in the movie is like how many like he could punch how the steel with two inches. How, how many asshole people came up to Bruce Lee over the years and challenged him to a fight? And he hospitalized them all. No, he accepted none of the fights. Not early in his career, when he was Wing Chun guy, he he crippled a bunch at of guys. the point at the point where he was in Hollywood. Yeah, people would just come up to him all the time and challenge him to fights, and he would be like, "No thanks." The way that he got his name in California was because he actually fought in the they you know in the kung fu gangs or whatever, and no one could beat him. He was so fast. Um, but anyway, I liked it. Yeah, there, I'll, we'll leave on this in the one scene where. Uh, Brad Pitt's on the roof fixing the antenna, takes off his shirt. I le- lean over to my wife and I'm like, this is not adding anything to the movie. And she looks back at him and she's like, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought he was great in the movie, but uh, no, I, 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 didn't, I didn't want nothing to do All right, say something positive. Uh, I am positive that you will play Burn this weekend. And win. I am. Positive yeah. that you'll play Burn this weekend. All right, this has been Brandon Marshall, Michael J. Flores for Top 8 Magic. Thanks for listening. <laughs>